Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Today we got a interesting show for you today. There's a couple of interesting things I think worth bringing up. Now, first of all, if you haven't subscribed, please do. And uh, let's get into the show. So the first thing that we just wanted to start out with is this tweet here by Yarek. And he says, I own crypto to what? And then you have a few different options. Actively speculate, invest long-term, support innovation, solve a problem I have. So let's, you know, as an industry, especially now, <laughs> maybe even in the bull market, more so than now, but now we can kind of reflect. I think there is a few truths that I'm just you know, being an analyst here on the human side of what's happened with crypto. And I think if you take a look at some of the guys who basically just say all of crypto, the metaverse, NFTs, it's all bogus, just wait until the next cycle and invest. And that's when you can make the most money, right? That's probably the safest strategy is to invest into uh, the most trusted protocols before the next cycle when all the other factors that we look for in crypto start to align. Now, we're here, though, in this bear market when we kind of can tell that there's just some time to pass before we all of a sudden see crypto go to the moon. The biggest thing for me about that is just simply the fact that I don't think we're ready. Like Ethereum's encountering scalability issues. You have locked Ethereum. You have problems that the people working on Ethereum are actively trying to solve. Other than Bitcoin, where you basically have these smart contract platforms that are designed to have functionality and programmability on top of transferring value across the internet, it's an interesting moment to reflect on that because even in Cardano, which is the ecosystem this channel talks about the most, right? Totally just going to disclose that right now. You still have one question to ask yourself, you know, what are the 10 protocols that are being used worldwide that are built on Cardano? And the answer, if you can come up with an answer, I will absolutely, you know, call you a liar because there's just not protocols that the world can use yet so we haven't gotten to that mainstream sort of territory adoption where cardano has proven itself to be either a root of trust for side chains that have those products right or just the core layer one having products like that so it i think it's it's intellectually honest of us to agree with those people that say, okay, the best time to make the most money in crypto, you know, is, is just when the next cycle comes. But I don't think all of us are here just to make money. I think a lot of us are here because we could see blockchain being used for sovereign identity. We could see blockchain being used for things that uh, look like voting and governance managed contractually and transparently on a blockchain that's hosted in a decentralized way 
So corruption can't happen. And what's the problem with integrating a system like that into the current modern day voting systems? Because we all know that all governments are here to, you know, you know, do do their best for the people, right? So if we can make uh, if we can make voting more transparent with the blockchain, obviously we're going to go that direction. And there's also things that the blockchain can do for, I think, cloud storage, right? And I think communal kind of DAO-like characteristics to manage SaaS products in a decentralized way is kind of what we talk about when we talk about Generation 4, which are going to be these specialized side chains built on a layer one that is highly secure. So if you're in this space just to make money, I, I, I don't think you might be you might be uh you, you might not find it very fun um all the time you could literally figure out what the trusted protocols are that are the furthest along and then bounce and dip and probably not have to stay up to date with anything else and just invest in those layer ones and probably make a lot of money anything else you're just adding so much risk that even if you're investing into a metaverse project or into a DeFi project and you think it could moon one day, it, the, the amount of risk from going to the L1 to the products built on the L1 is substantially higher, substantially higher. Like just, you know, it's, it's so risky that it's like a casino level risk because you're not only betting on the team that's developing that product, you're not only betting on the use case that that product is developing, and you're not only betting on the platform that, that project is integrated with, but you're betting on all three of those things. So when we answer this question, I own crypto. <laughs> I think the most honest answer for me is definitely not to just invest long-term because most of the things that I own, though I try my best to invest into things long-term, I just think that my long-term investments are so risky in crypto that it's not really a long-term investment. <laughs> now, I'll probably you know ride it out uh, with most of these projects that I hold and some of them I might just, if I realize that this project is not going the direction that I thought it was, yeah, obviously I'll switch over, hop into another lane, start swimming again with a different project. But I do think that this was a important question. The actively speculate question. Okay, let's break that down. Should people actively speculate or should they just speculate? Because it's already fun to speculate. It's already enormously fun to speculate because me and you could go into a conference IRL, grab a coffee or a drink and talk about the future of crypto, probably spend about eight bucks. So why would you spend, you know, 500 to a thousand to 2000 to $10,000 to do what we just did? You might do it because you're maybe greed has taken over maybe because you just have that much wealth to make a bunch of bets 
maybe you just have so much conviction in something and you've done your research across the board to see if that one thing is solid. But I do, uh, I do think that it's such like a, it's such like a high risk area again, because there's so many uncontrollables that you have to deal with when you're betting on the projects that it's kind of like gambling in a way. And yet, if that project, you know, does really well, you can call yourself the next Gary V, you know, startup investor, I, I can pick them all. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, I just think there's probably more people actively speculating than there probably should be potentially. Now, maybe it's just a little bit right? Then it's just a little bit to learn about something. Maybe you put in 20 bucks to learn about something. I get that strategy a hundred percent. That makes sense to me because once you put like something into something, obviously you're financially invested to learn a little bit and maybe you're just paying for your education. So your tuition is that investment. Support innovation. I think, uh, one of the re like one of the NFTs that I own to support innovation is simply a space bud because I knew that having a space bud was not only the first NFT project launched on Cardano that was a 10k collection so it does have some kind of value but I knew that it would keep me in the game with seeing what Alessandro does and how he's innovating on top of Cardano and allowing us to do more functional stuff which I'm a big fan of. So it's interesting. I would encourage you all to ask yourselves this uh, question. Solve a problem I have, right? Uh, so who is solving a problem they have with crypto? It's probably going to be people that are leveraging a blockchain for the right reasons, things that will lead to mass adoption. Like, for example, payments in a country that is incredibly centralized and corrupt and the the way that payments are being navigated by people is to not place their trust in the corrupt institutions that they reside in in some of these third world countries that we talk about a lot in the cardano ecosystem because we've identified some of these places and there's this term called bank the unbanked. So I think that route will take the longest, but actually has the most potential, which is why, again, you have Cardano as a layer one blockchain just being, in my opinion, probably the safest uh, part of the Cardano ecosystem to just, you know, um, probably invest in. For being honest, not financial advice. I don't know. Just working through it logically. It's just my opinion. And I'm just commenting on that thought. But you could just relate that to any layer one that has significantly proven its architecture or is proving it because nothing is really done yet either. So I don't know. I thought this would spark a little bit of a healthy conversation to have because we have the other end of the spectrum. Because guess what? We also have the people that tell you, you know, hey, listen, by the way, right? There, this project is going to do a, you know, 100,000 X. And that's kind of a little bit, you know, 
uh, ridiculous now to hear people say that if they're still saying that. But at one point, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of uh, YouTubers that believed projects would do that, right? So I think we're toning down everything in the information right now. I've noticed the shift too of some of the hype YouTubers shifting the drama to things that incur some kind of pain, suffering. And you see the substance YouTubers still just following the developments of what's happening. And then you see a lot of projects that have bought engagement, you know, and you can tell because they have profiles of, they have a lot of, you know, these, these accounts that are usually attractive females with like zero followers and following like four people. And they, there's like hundreds of them that are in the comments saying like the same thing. And it's kind of like a bot. And it's interesting as the, <laughs> As the high tide goes out, who's left and how they how they seem, right? How they're actually here. Are they naked when the tide goes out? So I don't know. It's It's been interesting just philosophically thinking about the current dynamics. So I guess you have people that are supporting innovation still that want to see us build decentralized systems, that want to see us have something truly decentralized and unstoppable, a decentralized unstoppable bank, a decentralized unstoppable like IPFS server to host actual history. So that way nothing can ever get shut down because we're relying on centralized systems. Um, we want to see all that stuff too. So those are probably the support innovation people. We do have the invest long-term people who probably aren't on crypto Twitter right now. They're probably doing their they're, I don't know, maybe they're out somewhere in some country on a yacht. They've made their money from NFTs and from the last bull run. And now they're just chilling, waiting for the next bull run. Maybe they're investing into, they're waiting for a real estate crash so they can invest into real assets and transfer that wealth because a lot of the people that sold at the top, right? They don't actually, uh, have the audacity to think that the things that made the money in the last bull market are going to be the things that last and stand the test of time. There's going to be new technologies. There's going to be roadblocks that those top players will face that will be figured out by some up and coming layer one blockchain like a Cardano. So we'll see. So that was the quick keynote. Now, the metaverse news today is going to be Monster Island so or Monster Zone. So Virtual Island has this zone called Monster Zone. Now, one of the things to mention is condos and plots are available from 5 p.m. UTC. So you can go in on a MetaMask and claim a plot in Monster Zone. So I have not got a plot um, right now. I want to... I would get a plot. I want to get a plot, but I also, I also want to see how the market reacts to this stuff. And I'm waiting for the Cardano land sale to see if I can grab one on Cardano. Cause I'm not a big, I'm not, a, am not as trusting <laughs> with my MetaMask wallet and holding assets on my MetaMask wallet as I am 
holding assets in some of my Cardano wallets hosted on a blockchain with the UTXO model. There's just a lot less hacks that can occur from signing transactions when you have a deterministic blockchain. So I wanted to mint my plot on the Cardano blockchain. So I'm going to wait till that. Now, something to mention about the monster zone is really cool. So I thought this was interesting because they made these things called gigaplots, which were already bought. So you had this gigaplot and then you have this gigaplot and two people already bought them. Now, these things were probably like twenty to $50,000. And somebody bought these gigaplots for Virtua. There's only two of them on the entire map. It's kind of nuts. So that's a big headline, I feel like, <laughs> that's going to come out. Somebody bought Metaverse gigaplot land for X amount of money. And it's the gigaplot of Virtua. You know, first time I heard um, Virtua mentioned on the Gary Vee podcast I was listening to. Uh, was the other day. I haven't heard anybody come up to Gary Vee and ask him a question and they were calling it Terra Virtua. So I don't know how long ago the podcast was because I know that uh, Gary Vee recycles his, but it was interesting. Now, if you look, there's uh, a blockchain tag here. So you can see Ethereum, 750 bucks. And then if we go over to a medium plot, 750 a small plot, 400 bucks, uh, a large plot, 1250 bucks. And right now it says Virtua VIPs, prestige members, all partner collabs, GVK holders, and Virtua users can mint large and giga plots in this slot. I want to get a Monster Zone plot because I've read their pitch deck and I've shown it here on the channel a couple of times. But I'm just interested to see how the market reacts to this in the in the bear market too, a little bit, right? I do think that after my rant, the reason why I would get a Monster Zone plot is I just don't feel morally good about saying there's 100% going to be a return on investment, these things. <laughs> and I can't say that because, again, all of it's risky. However, the one project that I'm probably most impressed with in the web three metaverse space right now is probably virtual simply because I've actually gone to their office in Dubai and I've seen how tight of a ship they're actually running. And I got to meet with some of like, you know, they, they run it like a legit company. You know, they have, um, they have legal accounting product team, marketing team, developers, and they have three different locations. And I got to ask a lot of questions, right? So that's kind of why I'm a big fan. I do know that I think the large and medium plots get some sort of uh, Goliath and loot box opportunities, which is why I'd be excited to maybe get one. So I'm, I'm going to kind of hold my breath, see if I can get something from the Cardano drop. I... I do pray that I can grab some land and obviously I pray that it uh it does well for everybody that decides to do the same. So the way I look at Monster Zone is kind of uh premature, right? Cuz you got you do have a lot of current by the way the metaverse update I should probably mention real quick. I don't know if you guys and girls have seen this but 
there's been a lot of talk recently about, you know, the metaverse being sort of this big scam and nobody is going to use it for any practical means or ways. And it's second life 2.0 and all of that stuff. And to be fair to those people, a lot of the products that have been released probably meet that. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. We're all in the metaverse space hoping and holding on to the belief that when we mix in digital property, when we mix in the ability to have these digital goods and we get ahead of the curve as entrepreneurs and figure out how a more immersive space that's cross-platform can be used in business. Because right now, I don't think any of us have really figured that out completely, all the different ways that, that can happen. Uh, then there's going to be a major opportunities there for entrepreneurs. And that's where the land investors bet on the company that provides them tooling and pays for those toolings and hosts the server costs. So your land can have specific things that can potentially drive business opportunities directly to you. So that's kind of the pitch. It's sort of like right now you have people saying that they don't like the metaverse and they think it's a scam and it's a way to control the population, like crazy stuff. And I don't even blame them or think they're crazy because again, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> some of that stuff, maybe it gets a little bit, but it's okay because the reality is they're using a social media platform that at one point people said the same things about, and they're using it to actually create a brand, right? And have attention, which is the biggest asset in the world. And they're driving a lot of engagement from saying these things. So what kind of place will the monster zone be? Like, where does it fall into? Because we've seen how there's been conversations around making an open world metaverse, making games, making an MMORPG, making uh, these brand collaborations with people like Kevin Hart to give people the first access and tear off that access to actually maybe speak with Kevin Hart, to maybe see a trailer of his new set right first and have that fan privilege by buying into his virtual asset. And we talk about how it's safer for Kevin Hart to meet in 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 the virtual world with his fans than in the physical world. So <laughs> it's much safer. It's quicker too. It's only going to happen more. And you can say, oh, but there's Zoom. Well, Zoom's not immersive. Zoom isn't immersive. And if you've used virtual reality, it's immersive. And that immersion doesn't just create connection. It also creates the potential for something else, which is disruption of education. Because a lot of people don't learn the way that uh, sort of you see kind of the traditional school system set up for, which is maybe for most people. But a, a lot of kids out there, they don't learn through anything but doing, right? Kinesthetic learning, they call it, right? And people with ADHD tend to be kinesthetic learners, right? Uh, and there's great studies on that too. And uh, I personally uh, have ADHD. So I always felt a little disconnected from anything that was, you know, not very immersive when I was first learning in school. And I had to learn that over time. So one of the things that's great about virtual reality, we talk about this a lot, is the immersion of VR is pretty nuts. And, and with that immersion, we can now disrupt education because you need two things for disrupting education. One thing is uh, 
information, access to information. That's what the internet did. The second thing is a disruption of immersiveness. So you can learn faster and better and grip it in a way that's connected to your muscle memory, connected to your, your, your actions of doing and the memory of doing something and experience something and feeling and hearing something and potentially even smelling something. So what kind of place will it be for brands? Will it be for learning? Will it be this MMORPG with big monsters going around that maybe you can go and kill and maybe like get their loot? I think it's going to be the latter. I think it's going to be the start of virtual starting to look like a real MMORPG where you can now be these creatures, fight these creatures, have experiences with these massive beings that you normally couldn't in something like a Cardano Island. And then eventually you might even see that these beasts can be like, maybe you can mount them. Maybe you can ride them into the Cardano Island towns. And if you have a monster, right, maybe you can actually use that monster for certain things. Maybe there's going to be a big battle royale where everybody with a monster can battle each other. There's going to be a ranking board a leaderboard, and maybe there's going to be other types of monsters. I mean, come on, look at these other places in this map. Like, you, I don't know if you we can actually even see. There's a few more zones. What if these zones would have something that were also equivalently powerful to these monsters that could battle these monsters? Call me crazy. But maybe virtual island will be this mmorpg experience and jawad has said it all along he's always said what he's always said it needs to be good for the users it can't just be good for the landowners it needs to be good for the users first it can't just be good for the landowners okay multi-sigs can buy and sell nfts on marketplaces using nebula this would be pretty big functionality for Things like ADAO, the Ape Society, Summon Platform, and at all communities with multi-sigs, guilds, or community wallets. Just saying. So prior to Nebula, where every project can now simply set up a marketplace that has all the functionality JPEG stored has and more, uh, with a multi-sig, you could only buy an NFT from a marketplace. You couldn't sell them, meaning if me, you, him, and her all chip in a thousand ADA to buy some virtual plot that's worth 4,000 ADA. We couldn't actually sell that. Now, what happens if me, you, him, and her all want to sign on a transaction to sell that plot? Well, what, what, what was the next step for these multi-sigs? Where were these marketplaces heads at? Because there's quite a lot of multi-sig wallets with NFTs in their wallets. But guess what? The only way to sell it is for the multi-sig to basically send that asset to me and then I'll list it on my private profile. And then you hope that I get the money back to you. With Nebula, now you can buy and sell assets. Also, think about this. Right now, we have this sort of crowd group think mentality around having one marketplace to rule them all. Guys, Nebula just destroyed that theory. We're going to see two layers, I suspect. The first layer will be every project will have its own marketplace. And then the second layer will be a sort of 
hosting sort of service. So that way you can have an aggregated of all these single project marketplaces, you can have an aggregated top layer that anybody can plug into and host and charge their fee on top of what the private marketplace charges. So it's not like this aggregated marketplace will be a marketplace. It'll just be an aggregation of all the data. And then they might just charge a 2% fee on top of the royalties and whatever the marketplace is charging. This is going to greatly increase the ability for projects to represent their NFTs and change functionalities in the way that they see fit. This is going to greatly reduce the cost for any single project marketplace to have their own marketplace and have it be a single project marketplace. It's going to greatly increase security around any sort of vulnerabilities that having one marketplace to rule them all would create. And this is going to greatly increase our ability to protect royalties as every project can now make their own single marketplace. To, uh, to kind of finish up here, we have been reviewing the SIP um, 1694, which is the Voltaire SIP. Now in this SIP, we see a few things. We've talked about ratification. We've talked about active voting state threshold. We've talked about active voting state threshold fallbacks. We've talked about a state of no confidence and then a normal state for the constitutional committee. If you haven't seen all those little clips, go back into any video that's titled Cardano News Today or Cardano News, and you'll see it in the thumbnail. And I've been basically covering this entire SIP every single one of those episodes a little bit at a time. Today, to wrap up, we're going to be covering it again. Now, let's take a look at a few things here that are important to point out. These are the governance actions, okay? Now, there's six total with a few different variations, okay? We're not gonna worry about what these sort of, uh, you know, theta-like symbolic representations actually mean because we don't have time. However, just know that these represent a certain quantity and it's typically a scalable quantity in certain aspects that's related to other factors, okay? There is a little bit of a fallback and a balance of powers between the three institutions, aka uh, the three groups that will decide our fate as we give the power from Cardano Foundation, Amergo, and IOHK over to the people, aka the Constitutional Committee, the D-Reps, and the SPOs, baby. Now... This is very similar to how we kind of first got going in a place like the US where we have these institutions, right? That are meant to uphold and balance the power of what we do on the protocol. Each have their own jobs. If one were to become corrupt, we can instate a certain uh, a certain term that's called a a motion of no confidence in the in like the constitutional committee at least this is how it would work with the constitutional committee we're going to create a cardano constitution we're going to do it and it's going to have all of the things that we never want to see change in cardano <laughs> and we're going to make it so that way things could change in that constitution <laughs> i swear i swear and what's interesting about that is we're also going to make it so that way if the constitutional committee 
if you look at them and you say, wow, these people, they kind of they kind of seem corrupt. They're not really upholding the Constitution. They kind of are inserting their own biases. Guess what? We can actually create what's called a state of no confidence in that constitutional committee and remove those members. Understanding that's very important. Uh, so let's go through these real quick. Motion of no confidence, new committee to instate a new committee. Now you can do this without having the constitutional committee being corrupt too. You might just wanna change the members for some reason, right? But you still need to put that on chain eventually. You still need to enforce these things on chain. So if you wanna just add new members or create a new committee, you can do that. And that can be done in a normal state or a state of no confidence. Update to the constitution. As you can see, we have a party that's meant to uphold the constitution, but we also have the ability to update the constitution. Hard fork initiation. Protocol parameter changes. This is probably the most important thing that we should not dare to play around with frivolously as it can affect a lot of people. And as Cardano scales, it has more projects built on it, more sidechains built on it, can only affect more and more people after that. Treasury withdrawal, if you want to withdraw from the treasury, right? As Cardano scales, as more transaction fees are happening on the network, as Cardano increases in value, as ADA increases in value, all of these transaction fees have a 20% sort of tax, right? You hear about this when you talk about how much, when you ask SBOs, What's the breakdown of their cut for running a node on the network? It's like they got this 20% tax that goes to the treasury. And what we've been referring to it as is it goes to Project Catalyst. Project Catalyst, kind of unresearched, kind of an experiment, kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks because there wasn't anything to research. There wasn't any data to observe and get. There wasn't anything that we could take and show to our community and be like, yo, Cardano community, here's why we're going to set up Project Catalyst this way. we got to build this system from scratch where we can actually fund things uh, with the treasury. What will we do with Cardano's treasury? Well, maybe we should reinvest that treasury into Cardano in smart ways that create effects that increase the value of ADA because as the treasury continues to collect fees from all these transaction fees happening on the network, the more Cardano is worth, the more that treasury is worth, and the more that Cardano's treasury can actually employ people, can actually create, in my opinion, the better effect than employing people and having a liability of having overhead that we keep these, you know, people that are just being paid monthly, which is stupid, in my opinion. My, just kidding. There's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of nuance, and people get really finicky, so I want to be careful. Uh I think it would be cool to just to just basically reward open source developers that build on Cardano something pretty neat. So we'll continue on with a little bit of a touch up. Some of the parameters given in this table may be updatable protocol parameters, which means what? They're scalable because in the United States, we have a growing population. You think that having one president is very smart for a growing population, the way that the United States population has just absolutely boomed over the last hundred years. No, you got to scale. You got to scale the the powers of authority, the 
you know, it, it becomes very dangerous not to scale that because when you try to centralize everything, you know, if you, gosh forbid, we turn into one piece and have just one big world government, right? Gosh forbid that because when you can't scale the people that represent the people, you find that many people get disparaged and they don't get represented, which is where the institutions will lose a lot of trust and faith in them you know so this uh these these sort of elements that are scalable are incredibly important as the system grows to maintain the health and trust in the system so there you go folks i hope you enjoyed this and i will see you soon thank you so much for watching and uh yeah all i ask is just share this on, on just share it just share it on twitter you know share share it on twitter and that would be the that would mean the most to me because there's definitely a lot of criticism towards other YouTubers outside of our ecosystem. But what's fun to see is that so many of the Cardano kind of community is trying to convince the world, right? If you think that this is good information, share this, you know, because we should support our local homegrown YouTubers. And that's the biggest way to support us, man, is just to just to help us with engagement in these times because it is a little tricky. And there's a lot of people that are saying things just to make sure that you comment and get angry and upset. Uh, hopefully I'm not doing that. Hopefully we're trying to deliver some value and actually analyze the space in a, in a healthy and mature way. That would be what I hope to leave my legacy of 2022 in, though we're always growing and evolving and learning on this channel. So thank you so much. I appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon.